Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Okay. Recorded live. Hello there. This is Denise Michaels. I am here with Charles L. Whitby II. Uh, the author of Brown Skin, Green Money, and today is Wednesday, August 19th, 2015. I got it right, even though I haven't had to write down the date today. So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) good to have you here. So anyway, I really appreciate you resending me those um, partial chapters. And I thought what we'd do is kind of expand a little bit on those so that... um, you know, I, and and I was looking over them. Um, uh, chapter two, which is "Get Your Learn On," mm-hmm. and, which I like the title. And uh, what was the other one? The problem. You know, which is um, chapter one. You know, brown skin and broke the problem. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, to talk about those. The other thing is, I spent about the last hour and a half, two hours. I know you say you like quotes. You know. Mm-hmm. So I spent the last hour and a half, two hours trying to find quotes. It's hard to find quotes that are financial in nature unless it's like a financial author, you know. Right. I was able to find a lot of, um, you know, sort of motivational things. You know, and the other thing is I was looking not exclusively but predominantly, I was looking for people who were, you know, minority people, you right. know. Right. Because, you know, I thought that gives more credibility. But I like this one. It was it was attributed to some guy named James Frick. It was also a, a, attributed to Vice President Joe Biden, you know, but um, the, the um, quote is, don't tell me where your priorities are. Show me where you spend your money, and I'll tell you what they are. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, and we'll figure out where we're going to put them and stuff. What what started me searching is I was trying to find who originally said that thing about don't listen to broke people about money, you know, which is sort of one of your chapter headings. And and in all my searching, I couldn't I couldn't find that. There's one gal she calls herself uh, the financial diva, and she's like trademarked that quote, you know, like slightly different version of that. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. I like that. I thought that might be nice because I know you have some stuff on tithing and all that, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, George Soros said, "Um, I'm only rich because I know when I'm wrong. I basically have survived by recognizing my mistakes. You know, that's good. Yeah, Soros is like this billionaire. I mean, and that's like so opposite all the um, all the uh, Donald Trump kinds of things. You know, right? Right. right. So then I get into some uh, quotes by African American folks. Uh, Magic Johnson said, 
I'm proudest of my life off the court. There will always be great basketball players who bounce that little round ball, but my proudest moments are affecting people's lives, affecting change, being a role model in the community. I love it. And I you went like to school with, I went to school where Magic went to high school, so you know. Did I you really? A, I got an affinity. Yeah, and I went I played basketball with his son too in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, I, he came a couple of years before you, didn't he? Who's I that? I mean, Magic Johnson. Yeah, I played with his son. With his oh, with his son. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But all right. we we all went to the same high school that, you know. So Magic is uh the most famous graduate of Everett High, and I'm probably second. No, I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, I know he's originally from Lansing because mm-hmm. to Michigan State and right. you know that. So, um, W. E. B. Du Bois, Du Bois, Du Bois. Anyway, du said. Bois. I'm sorry. Du Bois. Du Bois. Okay. We've said we've given all our economic power away. When you owe another, your freedom is impaired. Love it. Love it. Okay. So this one is Les Brown, who's, um, you know, the motivational speaker. Absolutely. Right? He said, we were all born with a certain degree of power. The key to success is discovering this innate power and using it daily to deal with whatever challenges come our way. I like it. You know? So then I thought, okay, you got to dig beyond, like, sports and acting and stuff like that. Um, Madam C.J. Walker said, I had to make my own living and my own opportunity, but I made it. Don't sit down and wait for opportunities to come. Get up and make them. I believe in that totally. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. You know. So anyway, um, uh, Chris Gardner, do you know who he is? I don't. Okay. So Chris Gardner um, wrote a book called The Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And it was turned into a movie with Will Smith. Yep, yep, yep. You know, he's like a financial guy, you know. He said, stay in school. It's what will give you options. You don't want to try to do this thing the way I did. You know. And then (laughs) I got two by Will Smith. He said, I viewed myself as slightly above average in talent. Where I excel is ridiculous, sickening work ethic. Like it. Yeah. And then one more, uh, Will Smith said, is we spend money that we do not have on things we do not need to impress people who do not care. (laughs) That's so true. Yeah. Now, other people said that before Will Smith, you know, but we'll attribute it to Will Smith. So, yeah, I mean, everybody loves, Will, yeah, everybody loves Will Smith. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, anyway, so we'll find places for those, you know. Um, they, you know, I, I mean, I'm mostly thinking quotes at, like, the beginnings of the chapters, but some of this might fit inside the chapters in different places, you know. And I'm sure I could find more. It's, it's really hard finding quotes that have to do with, you know, famous people's attitudes on money, you know, or finances. You know, that was, I mean, I looked under George Lopez and Eva Longoria to try to come up with something, you know, that's Hispanic or Latino. You know, I looked under Cedric the Entertainer because I really like him. And, you <laughs> know, 
But but everything of his was like lines he'd said in movies, you know. Oh, it didn't okay. Like just him, it sounded more like a line from a movie, you know. Right. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, all right. So let's talk a little bit more about brown skin and broke and the problem. And what I did is I went and I sort of, um, you know, read through what you sent me, which there's about two pages here. And, um, you know, the last, like, sentence of that, you said, in this book I'd like to discuss what it takes to materialize the American dream as an African-American, Latino-American, or even Native American in the most prosperous country in the world. Did I, did I say Native American? You did. Do you want that in there or not? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. African-American or... You like Latino better than Hispanic? Hispanic? Um, maybe we should do some research to see what's more socially acceptable. Okay. I can do that. No problem. Yeah. You know, there's like Latino and there's like Latina. You know? Uh-huh. So <laughs> it gets complicated, you know. It does. So anyway. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about the problem and um, just to kind of refresh your memory, you, 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 yeah, I'm not going to read it to you, but, you know, you refer to people who dream visualizing trips to Paris, Rome, and Madrid. Um, many of us never lived in a big house other than the jailhouse. So many people in the minority communities only dream, you know. And what I'm thinking is, it's touched my heart deeply. It, it took me back to my high school years when I played basketball, the person where the uh, the old white guy paid for baseball for the young African-American kid, you know. So um, anyway, but I was thinking we just talk a little bit more about the problem and what what's popping into my brain just as I'm kind of skimming through this, you know, and then, of course, getting your thoughts on it is the idea of what we really need to do is take our dreams and put some firepower beneath them. You know, but with through knowledge, through action, through all these things, which you're going to expand upon in the book, you know. But let's talk a little bit more about the problem. Okay. Um, let me see. I'm trying to. Um, let me pull it up because I don't oh. have. Are are you at home in front of your desk or at your office? I'm in front of my uh, my iPad, so I can pull it up. Just give me a moment here. Okay. All right. Oops. The problem. Brown and broke. Okay. Oh, yeah, this is uh, when I went to Arizona. Okay. Right. Yeah, so, so the problem is, um, okay, so so, so you know, you, you're talking about, you know, having dreams, which is wonderful, but this chapter is kind of about the problem. So let's right. talk about the problem. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the problem is, um, one of the problems is that in our community, we have not really seen a lot of people fulfill those dreams that we've had that I speak about in, you know, in the book. And so, like, not enough role models? Right. And so there's no clear path of how to get to um, – how how to achieve the dreams, how how to have the resources to do the type of things like um, have whatever possessions you desire to have, go to whatever places you desire to retreat to, to um, be able to be on the flip side of giving, um, as that gentleman did who was in Arizona. So it's like a number of different things that, contribute to um, the problem. So you don't see it, right? And that's one thing. And then the second thing so, is... Let sorry, me, go, ahead. Go, go ahead with the second thing. But I want to I expand on role models just a little bit more. But go sure. ahead with the second thing before you lose your thought. The, the second thing would be um, that because, we, well, I guess it's kind of the, it's a subsequent thing is that because we don't have the role models that have done it, we don't have anyone to share with us that path, then we don't see people like us do it. So then it begins to impact how we believe and how we think and think that we cannot have because no one that looks like me has that or no one who I know that looks like me is doing that or no one who I, you know, there are a couple of people that are I see on television who are, or, you know, athletes or whatever, but that's such a small representation of who I see living the lifestyle that I would like to live. So it begins to impact the, psych, the psyche and the thinking that I can't have that or it's too right. difficult or, you know, um, and, that, and then so you'll see that issue, and then you'll see people who in the community have started to pursue their dreams but then quit, and that impacts the psyche because if it's too hard for that person, they had a dream, they started to pursue it, but they quit um, and retreated back to whatever, you know, they, they were doing before they started pursuing their dream, that impacts as well. So it's kind of a, a chain reaction of events, um, but it all starts from the, the the primary problem is the education. It's that so people before, before we before we dive into education, which is really important, I I want to talk just a little bit more about role models mm-hmm. because role models, you know, like. Um, um, you know, I'm a woman, okay? We're not really a minority, but, you know, I mean, we are, but we aren't, right? Right. You know? mm-hmm. And so, I mean, when I was a lot younger, you know, there were no women CEOs. There was right. no women, you know, senators or women running for president or women whatever, okay? And now there are, all right? Right. You know, um, but... You know, and now, I mean, there are African Americans now who have succeeded 
at sports and entertainment, but there also are ones who have exceeded, you know, in business, like the Chris Gardner's of the world and like, you know, the guy who does BET, you know, television network. And I think he also started Jet Magazine, you know, right? Johnson, exactly. Is his name Robert Johnson? I can't remember his first name. His wife. I, you know, I home. thought it was, I thought it was Robert Johnson, and I looked up money quotes from Robert Johnson, and because I thought that was his first name, and it was it came up as a musician, not that guy, you know. Hmm. So anyway, I was trying to find executive types, but it's like there's a lot more that are there, but what I think you are saying that that weren't there, say, twenty, thirty, forty years ago, but I think what you're saying is, you know, there's not someone like that that I can point to in my community that I can go up to and say, how did you do it? What do you recommend? Exactly. Right? Exactly. There's that. I mean, well, I guess we can change maybe even the the, the terminology from role models to mentors because that's what really, you know, someone who you can touch, feel, kind of help you, guide you through the process is more more like a a role a mentor than a role model, right? Um, right. And, and because the movie stuff, uh, you know, the athlete like Shaquille O'Neal or whatever, it's like they're too far away for it to really seem real. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. I just kind of wanted to see if you felt that same way too. No, I do. I think that we've seen that we've seen a tremendous. Um, amount of growth in the area, uh, but CEO level, um, there's a lo- there's a lot of professional opportunity between, you know, working at McDonald's and being a CEO. And so I think even you know in terms of um, sometimes the CEO level, like being the CEO of BET or whatever, is is not what people want. You know, they they some people don't want to have the stress of being like a CEO of a large company, but they would like a more comfortable lifestyle. They would like more, you know, um more opportunities to be able to enjoy life and you know, take care of whatever business that they do to provide them uh, provide the resources for them. And you know, you'll see. Obviously, we can see the CEOs, and you know, it's like, wow. But what would it take for me? What's the likelihood of a person that's not an entrepreneur becoming a CEO? Right? There's only of a Fortune 500 company. Well, there's 500 companies that's in the Fortune right. 500. Right. So you know, you have a, and and most of those have over 10,000 employees. So we're talking, you know, a one in 10,000. You know where I where I've seen a huge influx of African American folks is entrepreneurship. Exactly. You know, it's like for years and years you seem to see a lot of growth in like government jobs and teaching jobs. You know, because they were kind of safe and secure, and there was more you know respect of like civil rights laws and stuff like that. There might be somewhat of a path you know, to move up. But where I'm really seeing it the last decade is in starting your own business. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, I mean, th- there's definitely opportunity there, and there's also opportunity with when we talk, we talk about in the get your learn on part. You know, is uh, perfecting a profession, right? Um, you know, a profession that's in demand because you you can show value in in you know kind of raise above the competition and raise out of just the you know the working the entry level jobs that don't really need any skills or um that become like more disposable right and you you become more replaceable because your value is not um you don't really have a value to the company other than a body that they could replace with someone else at any given time and when you begin to, you know, advance your skill set, you bring things to the table that make you uh, less disposable, you know, to organizations because what you bring, your skill set and your knowledge that you bring to the table is something that is beneficial to their vision and to their strategy, and you become like, integrated into that company you know, in a way that you wouldn't be if you didn't have that skill set. So I think there's a couple ways to look at it. You've got the entrepreneurs who are starting their own businesses and, you know, um, learning how to generate income, doing things that they love to do and that uh, they do very well, which, again, goes back to skill set. Somehow most, most individuals who start a business in a certain area, uh, it's because they have knowledge of that area. You know, they have a, a thorough understanding of at least the um, the one component of the business side of it. They they understand the product, which is a part of the business. Like some people, if they bake, they understand. They know what it is and know what it takes to make. Uh, delicious and beautiful cake. And so they start their business because they have, you know, created that or they have cultivated that skill set within themselves to be able to produce. And then some other people just have business savvy where they could just take anything and create it. And they understand how how to, you know, market and how to sell and they could pretty much do well in anything, but that's a skill that they developed, right? It's not something that just innately they have. So I think it's really important to, you know, to talk about the entrepreneurs, but also talk about people. And I mean, like I said, everybody doesn't want to be an entrepreneur, but everybody can, you know, do better in their the profession that they serve in. If they, I mean, some people dream to be a school teacher, right? Or they dream to be a uh, a physician or, or, you know, in a, in a John Hopkins university or whatever, that's their dream, you know? And so in order to get there though, it takes that, it still takes the same uh, development of knowledge and education and expertise to be valued enough to have those types of opportunities. So I think whenever there's a problem, like, you know, there, I think there's always two things at play, you know, um, one of them is a lack of education, and I believe the second one is always a mindset that oh, yeah. says this is possible for me. Absolutely, I think that's that's the uh, one of my favorite books 
that I've read over the course of time is The Magic of Thinking Big by Dr. Charles Schwartz. Right, right. I, I think we've all read that, right? And, and, yeah, he's the book is so it's so simple in terms of, you know, the psychology and the but it's things that we struggle with as individuals and again when you've not really seen it seen anybody that you know um kinda ascend to those those places that you want to be, it begins to impact your mind. And so it's really important for mental stimulation to occur and people to really believe that they can achieve whatever it is they set their mind to. And in that book, uh, he talks about the disease of excusitis, you know, and having, you know, either I'm, I'm too old or I'm not healthy enough or I'm not intelligent enough or I don't have enough resources. And he combats all of those excuses very, very gracefully, actually, and effectively, um, that literally when I got done with reading the book, I, I, I told, you know, said to myself, I have no reason why I can't do be whatever I wanted to, want to be or do. There's always a way, you know, and there's always going to be a, a problem. There's always going to be obstacles, but it's being, number one, um, hopeful that you can overcome the obstacles, two, being creative enough to figure out the way um, to get around that obstacle, and three, being tenacious enough that if the first time or the second time uh, that you tried to get over that obstacle it didn't work, to try again. And I think those are the three elements that really come into play when, when, it, when we talk about the mindset. <clears throat> And it's important for every person who has a dream to really to truly believe that they can they can do it. I mean that that's definitely number one. And then understanding that believing that they can do it has to be trailed by doing it. <laughs> you know, taking right. actions to do it. Right. Right. Action is so important. And, so, and and I think I want to also in the book kind of talk about the 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 perplexing. Can you can you change your phone a little bit? Your voice is a little um, muddy. I'm sorry. I also kind of want to talk in this chapter probably about the perplexity of the element of um, faith and um, specifically in the black church. Uh, I'm not as familiar with the, the, you know, Latino church or whatever, but I've been involved in around enough black churches to kind of understand that there's this element of um, of faith that we exercise, um, that we believe that faith and trust, and I think that it's misplaced faith and trust that, you know, um, if we if we live a life that's pleasing to God and that we, you know, put God first, that uh, I think people take, there's a scripture, Matthew 6 and 33, that I believe people take out of context. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. But then also in the book of James, the scripture says that faith without works is dead being alone. 
And so people kind of harp on, I've heard it being harped on a lot that, you know, if you just, if you're just heavenly good and, you know, heavenly just on this high level with no earthly good, then you just get all these things and blessings, but it doesn't work like that. You, you know, the, this, the Bible is very um, explicit, especially if you read the books of wisdom, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, that there are a lot of um, benefits to being diligent and being consistent and being a hard worker that are talked about in the Bible. And that doesn't mean that people in that have faith don't need to, you know, they don't continue to have faith and practice their uh, spiritual uh, discipline. It just means that in addition, they can't, you can't just allow, um, your faith is not going to work if you're not working with it. And I right. think that's that's very uh, much a problem. And I've had many discussions with with uh, individuals that come out of the black church and may or may not be associated with it right now. And that's a point of, you know, um, uh, discussion that comes up is that, you know, I, I had a conversation with um, my my mother one time and, you know, we talked about kind of some of the spending things and things that, you know, happened when I was younger and how, you know, I was asking her about her. I was like, Mom, I mean, there are things that you could have done um, to prepare yourself. And it was like, she was like, well, I just always have trusted God. Uh, and it comes to a point where where even in faith you have to exercise wisdom and you don't just spend and distrust God that he's going to supply the next meal when you spent the meal money on something that wasn't necessary. And I think people right. abuse that um, within within the church. That idea of God will provide. I don't know if you recall that joke where um, – um, this man is sitting in his home and he's watching a news thing and it says, the floods are coming, the floods are coming, get out of your house, you know. And he goes, God will provide, you know, while the water <laughs> starts rising and rising and rising. So he goes to the second level of his, of his house and, you know, these um, uh, emergency people are saying, get out of your house, the floods are coming. And he says, God will provide, you know. So then the water keeps rising. So he goes up and he's sitting on top of the roof of his house. And they're like, come on, sir, get out of here. The floods are coming, you know. And he goes, God will provide. Well, he gets swallowed up by the flood. And then there he is standing at the pearly gates. And he goes, God, you know, why didn't you provide? I mean, I believed in you. And, and he says, well, I sent you a news report, and then I sent you an emergency guy, and then I sent you, you know, people in a boat for you and everything, <laughs> right? Exactly. And, and, and that's the, you know, it's an it's interesting dynamic, and it's, it's a bit perplexing because you do have to, you know, a person of faith has to be, you know, mindful of, of some of the trappings of, you know, what is termed the world, you know, in the system. And yeah, there are some things that you can, I think people focus on extremes um, and within the black church, there's a, a bunch of extremes. It's either you are, you know, Again, I, I, somebody said, don't be so 
I can't remember how the saying goes. It's like, don't be so earthly minded or heavenly minded that you're no earthly good or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I heard that too. Yeah, don't be so heavenly that you're no earthly good or, yeah. yeah. Right. And it's like you, you have to have a good balance because you do have right. to live. You, you will be allotted a certain amount of time on this earth and you will have to do things that are not heavenly on this earth. Maybe. If that's the case, we wouldn't be like eating is not necessarily a spiritual activity, <laughs> you know. It's like, and and if we just was like we're all just heavenly minded, we would not eat ever, you know. And it's just certain things that you have to you, you have to have a balance about. And I don't think that the black church does a good job of um, of teaching those principles. And a lot of times it's because those who are in charge of teaching do not have, um, they don't have the knowledge or understanding, or they've never been taught those principles. And the church so, are usually pretty broke people. Yeah, yeah. You know, not always, but they're usually pretty pretty broke people. So, yeah. anyway, good. All right, so I want to spend the rest of our time, if we could, talking about Get Your Learn On. You've got um, like about six pages done here, so you got a really good start on this. And I like some of the stuff you've written, although I want to, you know, kind of tighten it up a little bit and everything. Sure. And then I wanted to get into the stuff that you had on your outline under the chapter of getting your learn on. And I know it's stuff that you're going to expand upon in future chapters, but in get your learn on, you had three primary areas that you want to talk about. Now, what you have written already is kind of like, um, um, you know, the necessity for it and why it's important. And, you know, it's more kind of story-like and everything, which is great. But in Get Your Learn On, your three primary areas you wanted to cover are financial education, work-related training, and self-improvement education. And by the way, under self-improvement, this is a quote I found that did not end up on that one page um, by Jim Rohn. Do you know who he was? Absolutely. Okay. He said, formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. Love it. Yeah. I thought you'd like that one. Anyway, I thought that would be a good good start to that chapter. Especially because... Uh what we're talking about is not taught in formal schools, you know, right. for the most part. Right, right. So, you know, let's spend about, uh, you know, five to ten minutes each, because, again, I know you're going to expand on this more in future chapters, on financial education, work-related training, and self-improvement education. So under financial education, you have, Budgeting, saving, and investing. So let's talk about those a little bit. Sure. Um, so I think uh, I think in this chapter I talk about people don't plan to fail. They don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. Right. And how uh, budgeting is your uh, your first step in the process of planning. You have to know what you're working with. Nobody takes a trip without knowing which vehicle that they're going to use to get there and how much it's going to cost and how many, you know, how much time and how many hours, whatever, you know, the, those level pieces of detail you take into consideration if you want to plan a successful trip. 
you need to know, how, you know, that you're going to have to stop a couple times. So you're going to need to, you know, um, have money for gas. You're going to know that you need to give yourself enough time in case the kids have to use the bathroom or whatever. So there are there are things that, you know, you kind of count as the cost, so, so to speak, when you take a trip um, to determine whether or not that's feasible. Now, the same thing is financially, if you want to get to a certain place, uh, you have to have to have a budget. You have to understand what is coming in and what has to go out and then what the difference is if you don't have enough to make up the, you know, what that is that you need to pay for your necessities so that you can supplement that with whatever you need to pay for them or you need to understand what you have in abundance so that you can utilize that money to do other things um, or to prepare yourself to, for where you want to be. Uh, I think that people don't really understand what a budget is uh, and they don't understand that if you don't tell your money what to do, your money will do whatever it wants to do and you you will lose control of your finances. I mean, it's just like if you, I mean, nobody goes to work, <clears throat> well, I won't say nobody, few people go to work without understanding um, the boundaries. They know from 8 to 5 or 9 to 5 or whatever, they're going to need to be working, and then they get an hour lunch, and, and then they, you know, the day is over, and people watch that. They look and see what time it is because they're constantly trying to check the status of their day, and people need to do the same thing with their finances in order to, you know, I mean, we talked about this a lot of scoreboard to understand where they are, and um, and a budget helps them to understand where they are. A budget is like a financial clock. It, it keeps you on pace. Uh, it helps you be able to understand how you're going to allocate your resources and how you need to and gives you the opportunity to use your additional resources if you have them to be a tool to build something else or to build your future, to build retirement or to build your kids' college savings or um, or pay for, you know, a trip that you want to go on or whatever the case is, you you have the ability to um, see and have a strategy or, excuse me, have a um, a strategic outlook of and a forecast of the, your capabilities from a financial uh, standpoint. So let me ask you. Let me ask you this, Charles. Um, you know where you stopped writing on that chapter on get your learn on is you kind of showed like this budget of this sort of imaginary woman Maria, right. and um, then you said one quiet evening. You know, she sort of reflected and asked herself, and that's where the chapter ends. So do you want her, you know, like what do you want her to be asking herself? Okay. Let me look at the previous. If she realizes that 95% of her of her money that comes in is like flying out the door, 
right? Right. So she says, one quiet evening, Maria took a look at her budget and asked herself, and then that's where the chapter ended. Sure, yeah, I see where it is. I'm, I'm just trying to go back up and see where you guys talked about Maria. Okay. She had a job in marketing. She was making a net income of $3,000 a month. Okay. Um, you know, like I thought she might want to ask herself, like, you know, what's really important or it could be something like, you know, what can I do differently to save yeah, some, that's, you know, think, save some money? I think that's where I was going is um, she asked herself, how how she how has she been surviving um, with the with the spending habits that she currently has, or with the lack of resources? That's the, I think that's what I, lack of income. Okay, okay. The other thing I noticed is you had nothing budgeted for like um, you had like a space for like hair manicures and pedicures, and you had nothing like there was zero in that space you know and one thing i know like don't mess with a woman and her hair budget right did i I put a zero i think you did hold on let me me put my glasses back on and scroll back there i think it let's see here that's the only thing that looked like i yeah oh wait a minute i I apologize it's on a different line hair nails makeup and clothing 450 Oh, okay, okay. That's kind of a lot, you know. It is, but I mean, four fifty in clothes, like including clothes. I don't think that's a lot for a single young lady. Like over the course of a month, I yeah, I've seen that <laughs> easily. Yeah, and, well, I mean, no, I'm not saying it's like it's like wildly crazy, but for somebody who's like, you know young and just having kind of a, I mean, her salary was like kind of a professional level, but entry professional level. You know what I mean? So anyway, I mean, there's nothing on here that's like bizarre or crazy, but it's like the areas where I see you could possibly scale back would be either entertainment or hair, nail, makeup, and clothing, you know? I mean, right. not that you want to scale back to zero, but, you know, if you were going to scale back somewhere, that that would be the first place I would think right. of, you know. Exactly, yeah. And and I think that's where we're going with this is, you know, showing how she currently, um, how, what her, what her, her, I think we're going to do like a before and after. Okay. Yeah, and I think we, where I was going with this story is that um, she realizes, asks herself how, you know, how could she ever get ahead and how could she ever, um, how could how could she ever save enough money for a down payment on a home or, or any time? At, at the rate of $130 right. a month. Right. 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 So, sure, sure. So anyway, yeah, I mean, there's nothing in there I look at and I go, whoa, that's not a lie. You know, I'm just saying that that would be one area, if you could cut, that you could cut. Right. So so I think what I was going to do is a second budget, and the second budget was going to have, like, where she cut expenses. 
Um, How would you feel? Let's see. Do you have a chapter on budgeting? I don't have a chapter, I don't think. You know, how would you feel about having a chapter on budgeting and planning and put that in there, you know, like the first budget and the the second adjusted one? Okay. You know, because it's kind of drilling down into some specifics a little bit early in the book. and. Okay, and I would say give in order to receive, that's your tithing, difference between ownership and loanership, and I'll put that quote by um, Du Bois about, um, you know, about when you borrow, you never have freedom. Right. You know, and then underneath on your name means everything, I would put a chapter on budgeting there. So that becomes chapter nine. Okay. You know, let's see, chapter nine. Um, what if we call it budgeting and planning? Okay. Okay. And we'll figure out more of what we're going to put in there later. Uh, the other thing that popped into my brain is, um, how would you feel about a chapter on goal setting? I think that's a that's a good addition as well. Okay, so what if we put it underneath budgeting and planning and before put green money and brown hands? Um, is, or, there a reason, is there a reason why we wouldn't put it either before or after get your learn on? Get your learn on. Let's see, let me look up here. Yeah, okay, we can do that, sure. So that becomes Chapter 3. And then everything else like moves down. Breathe. Yeah, because we can say you know once you once after getting your learn on, it's time for application and goal setting is you know step one. You don't really know where you're going. Um, if you you know. Let's uh, figure out. Yeah, I you know I like that. I think that makes sense. Goal setting. Okay, so that's going to become chapter three. And then we've also added a chapter on budgeting. So now, by the time we get to the bottom of everything, we have 16 chapters now, where before we had 14. But I think those are good additions, you know. Mm -hmm. So, okay, good. All right, so let's go back to, we just have a little more time here. And we're on Get Your Learn On, and let me scroll up here. Okay, we're going to move Maria's stuff over. Let's talk a little bit about work-related training, which includes degrees, professional licenses and certifications, and on-the-job courses or training. Okay. Okay. And by the way, if we run over a few minutes, is that okay? Or do you have yeah, to that's fine. No, that's fine. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's like we're kind of completing two chapters today. So right. I can pull them together, you know. So anyway, so let's talk about work-related training. Yeah, so, I mean, some people are working jobs that they enjoy and they would, you know, like to, or working for companies that they enjoy working for and they would like to, you know, be compensated more where, where they are. So, one of the advantages that many employers offer um, is opportunities uh, to 
uh, learn new positions or to uh, spend time with people who are doing what they want to do. And that may not even be like a company initiative, but just something that uh, a person who's interested in becoming um, more would want to, would, could do is uh, ask someone who's on the job that's doing what they want to do one day to mentor them or um, to show them the ropes of, you know, how to be better at what they're doing in order to get promoted. Um, so you got those type of on-the-job on training opportunities, and a, and a number of companies will also offer, and, you know, this is something that each person, this can be an actionable item that we can encourage the reader to do, is to go and, you know, research opportunities where they are able to um, – where there may be educational, like, uh, um, web training or seminars or uh, leadership training or um, team building training and things like that that will help them be, to perform better on the job and also, you know, offer um, certificates of achievement. You know, some of them have, like, some companies like Microsoft Word, training or you get a certificate for going through the, the Microsoft training that the companies bought or, you know, something similar to that. So there are a number of companies have different opportunities, formal and informal, for you to be able to to learn more about the company, about other positions, about, um, you know, how, and, and find out a way to be more beneficial to that company um, in creative ways. So that's kind of like the on and job training I had in mind. Right, right. Well, and some corporations, not as much as there used to be, but some corporations also will, you know, reimburse educational expenses yeah, to, so you know, in college I, and stuff. Absolutely. I think, that, was that under a different category? I think I might, it might have just been this education, I was going to talk about that there because many companies still have that. I mean, I know that some of them cut it out or whatever, but there are still a number of companies that provide tuition reimbursement, and it might come with, like, in a, a commitment, you know, to that. If you if you don't stay with the company a certain amount of time, you got to pay them back or something like that. But um, typically, you know, I guess we can find some statistics around you know what? Uh, if the, if there are any, and I probably can find them. Department of Commerce, um, kind of how how tuition reimbursement has impacted you know professional development and and, uh, and educational uh, achievement mapping to salary increase. So I think that there's um, there's still a number of companies that do that, and it's it's if it's and it's almost like saying it's free school, you know, if you, yeah. you know, and and I think a lot of times minorities especially do not take advantage of those situations where there's the ability to further your education. Um, yeah, there's an upfront cost, uh, but if you, you know, if you budget it <laughs> and, um, you know, you can forecast that out to say, uh, that I'm going to need this amount of money to start with the with the understanding that if I achieve 
the the company's you know requirements. I'm going to get that money back or part part of that money back, and also position myself to make more money. And you know that's just that's an opportunity from an educational standpoint. And even I mean, I mean, we talk about investments and investing in your your education is um, probably the 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 first investment anybody wants to learn how to make. Uh, it's because when you under when you make an educational investment, whether that's you know college or a trade school or what what have you, um, you're able you know certification or whatever you're able to um, increase your knowledge of a particular area and be more of an asset in that particular area because you're more you know trained and it becomes an investment because. Most likely, because of your increased knowledge and your cre- increased ability to to contribute because of your knowledge, that typically results in you know a higher level of income. So it becomes an investment. And I mean, let's just say you spent you know uh, five thousand um, dollars, you know, to to you know front whatever your educational expenses were at the end of your $5,000 investment after you graduated because of the tuition reimbursement program and you, you know, increased your salary by 10,000, you, you got to, you doubled your return on investment. Right. Um, uh, You know, just a thought I wanted to share with you when we came back from our trip, we spent the night with Ernie, you know, we, We did this on the way there and on the way back. We spent the night with Ernie's son. He's 45 years old and his, um, or 43. Anyway, his wife, before they were married, she had a child, you know, um, from a relationship, you know, a guy she wasn't married to. So um, basically this child is now um, graduated from high school, two years ago, has gone through community college and now he's going to go to university. And the father, you know, is like long gone. I mean, nobody knows where he is or what the deal is. But at any rate, so Ernie's son has assumed all the financial and, you know, all the responsibility of being a dad for him. Right. And he was saying to me, you know, he's going, he has a, a two-year degree, now he's going to a university Cal State, Long Beach, and he said, we're sending him to a state college because he said, while you still need a degree in today's day and age, it's not the thing that it once was, a degree. You know, it's like, it's still important, you still need to have it, but it's not the end-all, be-all it once was. It's like you have to kind of make your own, make your own opportunities in life, so it's like, why spend... Twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year on an education that may or may not end up getting used. Far better to go to a state university, which I thought of you the minute he said that. You know, far mm-hmm. better to go to go to a state university where the credential is like ninety-five percent as good, without putting out nearly as much money. You know, right? Exactly. Yeah, so. I, and I, I I totally agree with that, and that's why you know even in the um, the discussion, I don't harp on 
I don't just say uh, formal education in terms of a degree. You know, there are other things, certifications and other um, trades and things like that that you can definitely learn and make a good living. My my stepfather um, was a licensed uh, plumber, and so he did commercial plumbing. Plumbers and make good money. He made a ton of money, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he had, yeah. He had a skill that uh, he took time to invest in and, and develop and um and when he, you know, he was, I guess, unionized as a plumber, I mean, his income increased dramatically from when he was just a journeyman, you know, right. just kind of, you know, doing. When I, was, when I was in college, I was like in a Bible study group for about a year until I went away to a different, to central Michigan. You know where that's at because you're from uh-huh. Michigan. You know, but anyway, I was in a Bible study group, and this couple that led the group, you know, he owned his own plumbing business. And I'm thinking, you know, when he invites me to their home to join them for this group, I'm thinking I'm going to be going to this kind of smallish, you know, nice, modest home. Oh, my God, it was gorgeous. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> holy cow, you know. Jeez, plumbers make good money. That was the first time I became aware of that. So anyway, um, let's talk a little bit before we wrap up today about um, self-improvement education. And one of the things that you had in here is goal setting, and we're going to have a chapter on goal setting. So we'll just mention that briefly here. But, but um, it, you know, you have under here the subheadings. You have positive thinking, personal responsibility, and goal setting. So let's talk a little bit about self-improvement education. Yeah, so self-improvement education is, you know, the process of uh, looking at yourself internally and your positives and your your opportunities <laughs> and uh, the things you do well and the things you have opportunities to grow in. And that helps you to really be able to identify, you know, um, some, some problems within yourself. It's not until... Um, I read The Magic of Thinking Big, you know, that I realized that I had gotten to a point in my life where I kind of put limits on my own, my on myself uh, based off of, you know, what I've seen and what I've experienced, not based off of what I knew my capabilities really were. And reading really opened up my eyes to some personal challenges that I had within myself. And I think a lot, I've heard a lot of people share the same things. Like I, I didn't know I had a problem with time management. It's not read, you know, uh, eat that frog with, you know. Oh, with Brian Tracy. <laughs> Brian Tracy, right? Right. You know, and it's just like you, you don't really discover certain things unless you take time to focus on or, or opening the book and reading. Um, and then once you, once you see an area of opportunity, being able to grow in it because there are not really a lot of, you, there's not a lot of formal educational material that teaches us to focus on uh, improving our character, our disciplines, our integrity, um, you know, and things that are, are not necessarily math, science, and you know, 
reading and literature and things like that. Um, Is it possible to really learn how to be a positive thinker? I absolutely think so. I absolutely think so. Um, and I and I think I think yeah, it's something that you have to practice and be do. aware of. You know, you because you can kind of like slide into the dumps. You know, if one you're not of, conscious. Yeah, one one of the things that I <laughs> I, I love, and I, I'm gonna keep quoting this book. It was such an impactful book for me. Um, Doctor Charles, I I actually did the book in an audio book, so you can hear. So one of the parts was. Um, Dr. Schwartz said, when you're about to do something that you, you know, no, 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 this is not, no, this is Brian Tracy. Brian Tracy um, wrote a book called The 21 Ways to Be a Sales Superstar. And that one I did in the audio book. And he said that before you go see a client, you need to say to yourself over and over, I like myself, I like myself, I like myself, I like myself. And like, you hear him saying it right now <laughs> as I'm saying it. And he's like, because people, you have to, people feel when, can feel when you have a level of confidence and a level of belief in yourself and they can detect when you don't. And when you, you first have to be able to believe in yourself in order for um, other people to have that same belief. I mean, obviously there will be some people who encourage you and help you to believe in things that people that probably already love you. Um, (laughs) But if you're going to interview for a position or you're going to go pitch to an investor, you have to be thoroughly convinced. Um, And sometimes you have to practice. You have to, you know, say to yourself, you know, this is a good, this is a great idea. This is, I mean, you have to, um, it is a practice, especially if you if you have a history of not believing in things that you've done or had a history of being rejected over things that you've um, proposed or been a part of, you know, you do have to have a level of, um, you do have to implement some practice in order to to feel comfortable, um, you know, with that process. Right. Two things that popped into my brain while you were saying that. While I was looking up this quote, those quotes, there was one quote by that guy Chris Gardner, you know, mm-hmm. um, who you know is just a financial guy and everything. And he goes, "One time I was late for a meeting, and as a result of it, I lost fifty thousand dollars." He said, "Ever since then, I wear two wristwatches." He goes, "I figure it's cheaper to wear two wristwatches than lose money again." <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was cute. Um, the other thing I, I thought of, you were talking about you didn't realize that you were, you know, had a time management issue. When Ernie and I first started dating, he said, Denise, he said, Indian people have a punctuality problem. <laughs> <laughs> he was referring to his community. He said, Indian people have a punctuality problem, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, there, there, is a, there is a term, color people time. CP time that we use within well, our own I didn't community. want to say that, but my college roommate, Pamela Taylor, told me about CP time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's real. It's real. It's real. It's so, real. <laughs> anyway. All right. So any um, uh, closing thoughts on Get Your Learn On and education? Um, 
I would say that you know there there is no greater virtue that a person has uh than his or her ability to learn and the power you know we always say that knowledge is power and that is not a cliche that is absolute truth that when you have knowledge you have a level of power but one thing about power is power is a form of energy and energy that is at rest will stay at rest unless it's acted upon um or excuse me and and a an object will stay at rest um that's at rest will stay at rest unless it's acted upon upon by a by an a object in motion that tends to stay in motion an object at rest right, seems to inertia. stay at rest right Right, but the, law the, of the, the law of inertia is all about the transference of energy, and when energy is applied to a person, applies energy that can set things in motion, that can continue to keep them in motion um, for uh, until until success, and and the person has to be committed to utilizing the to taking the knowledge which is the power in applying it in order to keep their, to put, to set forth the momentum and to keep the momentum going until they achieve what they need to achieve. But it first starts with it, with the, the power of knowledge. The power of knowledge. Did you ever see the movie way, way, way back in the day, um, um, Animal House? Now, you know what? I've never seen Animal House. That's okay. with uh, Dan Aykroyd and uh, right, all those right. guys. So, yeah. Right, right. So at the beginning of the movie, Animal House, they're sort of like panning across the campus of this college, and there's this there's this statue of, like, the founder of the college or whatever, and on the base of the statue it says, knowledge is good. <laughs> knowledge is good. <laughs> anyway. Wait, what's the punchline? I missed it. <laughs> What's that? What's the punchline? I missed it. I just think it's funny. Like, <laughs> like oh, it was just simply knowledge is good. <laughs> <laughs> like no knowledge is good. Just knowledge. No is elaboration. Good. <laughs> no like why knowledge is good right. or knowledge. <laughs> that is knowledge. pretty funny. I thought I, I thought you were going to say more. I'm like okay. But that's funny because it's like it's so vague. Knowledge is funny. Or knowledge is good. Is so, <laughs> okay. Anyway. All righty, <laughs> sir. Um, let's schedule a time for next week, okay? Okay. Did Wednesday work out? I mean, is it fairly good for you? Yeah, Wednesdays work well for me. You want to make it at um, 4 o'clock again? Let's do it. Okay, hang on here. It looks good. That's the 26th. Okay. And you know what? I um, he, Hang on here. Just a second. Charles L. Whitby. Go and make it before o'clock. Go. That's set up. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I sent you um, a couple hours ago, I sent you like a new 
uh, right. copy of the book outline because mm-hmm. I kind of like renumbered it. But now we've added two more chapters to the outline. You know, one on budgeting and planning, and one on goal setting, which I think is perfect. You know, so I right. so just ignore the one I sent you earlier this afternoon, okay. <laughs> and I'll send you this one. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right. All right. All righty. There will be stuff coming to you uh, by the end of the week, I think. We'll, okay. we'll, you know, because now it's like i got to play catch-up a little bit. So. Right, and, right. Okay. All right. All right. I'll talk to you in a week. Okay. Thanks, Denise. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. Bye-bye.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.